Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, Sandy's here. Bob's in for Greg and Debbie is here. Adam is producing the show. Time for Who Had a Good Weekend? As we look back for a moment or two, I'll go first. Retired NFL superstar J.J. Watt had a good weekend. The Pewaukee native and his soccer star wife, Ohi, bought a sweet home in Phoenix that had belonged to NHL star Mike Modano. Watt paid $7 million for the 67-square-foot home, five-and-a-half baths, a sweet pool, and views of Camelback Mountain. He also just back got back from his first vacation with his young family, he says, their first family vacation. So I say our guy, J.J. Watt, had a good weekend. Well, Who had a good weekend? Well done, J.J. Uh, about 50 people at Holler House on Saturday, about all that would fit in the tavern, the Professional Bowlers Association held a very special event on the historic lanes downstairs. They're over 100 mm-hmm. years old, hand-oiled. They have people as pin setters yeah. instead of the machines. Cool. All to watch USA versus the world. Can you guess who won? The USA. Nope. Boo. The world. Uh, Jason oh, Belmonte. Boo. He's the goat of bowling right now. Australian phenomenon. Mm. Uh, Is he on the live tour? <laughs> no, he's not. Okay. No, he's not. He's a the different Relax. kind of balls. Different kind of balls on this one. But what yeah, a cool event. Yeah, a really good time, a really unique event. I uh, did a live stream, and now uh, there's a slew of the best bowlers in the world at Bolero Wauwatosa awesome. for the World Series of Bowling now for the next couple of weeks. Ooh, I like that. All right, Bob, who had a good weekend? Um, can it be an inanimate object? Sure, <laughs> okay. whatever you want. My house had a really good weekend. <laughs> because the screens went on, and I know uh, it's, I know it's premature. I know I, like I know I'm going to pay for it next week when we go back to real <laughs> April temperatures. But but to get the house aired out and to get some of that warmth coming in and and just the the outside air. So yep. the screens went on, the doors were open, the windows were Perfect. letting in some April spring. So your house a, had a good weekend. A whole week of it now too. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, we opened it up yesterday, too. Me, too. All right, Adam, who had a good weekend? Kind of to your point, Bob, all of our local meteorologists, I think, had a really good weekend because the last few weeks, especially the weekends, have been very busy for severe weather. We've had tornado outbreaks recently. So for this weekend, just nice and calm, nothing too dramatic, and a week ahead of it with temperatures in the mid to upper 70s, our local meteorologists deserve a bit of a break. They had a good weekend. I want to tell you guys about a story about something that happened to me over the weekend that was kind of disconcerting and odd. So on, it must have been Saturday, yeah, Saturday I went to the grocery store, I went to my pick and save, which is really close to my house, and I load up my cart with stuff for Easter. So Michelle's been under the weather, and so we were going to go to Illinois and have Easter with my family. When she wasn't feeling well enough, I said, well, we're going to do it at home, honey, I'll just make Easter dinner. So I go to the grocery store and I buy everything you need for Easter. So I'm in there, I got the ham, I got the green beans, because she likes that green bean casserole. I got potatoes, uh, stuff for deviled eggs, asparagus, some dessert. And I put it in the cart, and I roll the cart out to the parking lot, and I'm rolling it up to my car. And I open up the hatch to my car, and I, the cart bangs into the car, and I'm kind of like, oh, God, come on, I just scratched my car, and I'm getting the bags out, and I'm having trouble. I get them in the car, and suddenly I hear from behind me, do you have any food? And I was like... What's going on? I, what, what? And I turned around really quick, and there was a person there who looked upset and looked distraught, but looked well-kept. You know, they looked like they were walked out of a house somewhere. Do you have any food? 
Uh, well, well, I'm loading a bunch in my car. Just came from picking. And we're at the grocery store. Yeah. Said I'm hungry and I don't have food. Can you spare some of that food? And now I'm thinking, uh, I can't lie and say I don't have food. Like when you say to a panhandler, I don't have any money. Right. <laughs> you see, yeah. I have food. And so I'm thinking, well, I got cream of mushroom soup. I got a can of French fried onions. I got some green beans in a can. Um, nothing that I'm really going to be able to give you right now that's going to help you. And so I look in my bags, and she's standing there just very polite, just looking at me like she was about to cry. And so I gave her like a carrot cake that I had just bought in the grocery store, and I had some apples. I gave her a carrot cake and some apples, and I'm rummaging through the thing, and she looked like I had just given her a million dollars. So I gave her the food, and I was kind of rattled, kind of, oh, wow, and I... I was like, should I take her back in the store and buy her a cart full of groceries? Should I? Aww. And by the time I turned around, she was she had thanked me. She thanked me. And then she was at another car saying, could I please have some food? I'm just hungry and I want some food. And it just shocked me. It In my suburban pick and save in Menominee Falls, I didn't expect that. But hunger exists everywhere, obviously. And then I found myself, as I went home, questioning myself like, did I make the right decision? Was it right to give this person food? Should I have taken them in the store? And I felt good about it because I didn't give them money. Like, she can't trade a carrot cake, probably, for some meth. Whereas I'm always leery to give panhandlers money because I don't know what they're going to do with it. Sure. You know, buy yeah. booze or buy drugs. I mean... You don't want to be enabling. Yeah. You so, want to be you know, actually Two helping. apples you're not going to be able to trade in, you know, for really any drugs but it stuck with me and bothered me and it just made me realize here's easter and i was griping inside the pick and save because the person bagging my groceries was slow oh. and i wanted to get out of there and i just was griping to myself you know i didn't say that out loud but i was like come on i gotta go i gotta get home and get the ham in the crock pot i gotta and then i walk out to my car and here's a woman who is happy because i gave her two apples and a small carrot cake and it's good perspective for me, for the world that we live in. Well, and had to humble herself. Uh, that, that's yeah. got to be... I, yeah. I don't enjoy asking for help at work. You know, those simple things. It's right. like, oh, I can't get this done by myself. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do... Like, I already feel sheepish about something like that. This is a survival skill. This is a basic need. And she had to come up to a stranger. On Easter that Sunday. That couldn't feel good for her. Yeah, her on heart. Easter weekend and asked for food. And she didn't ask for money. She didn't ask. No. She wanted food. She said, I'm hungry. It was, you, it, it was first and foremost. And yet you kind of um, respect the courage, if that's the right word, to go and, and say, I'm going to swallow my pride. Yep. And I'm going to go to a grocery store. I'm going to ask people directly for what I need to survive yeah. and get through this day. And I've never heard of that scenario before. No. I've just never, you know, we all see people at streetlights who are asking for money and holding the little signs. But to be in a grocery store, I mean, if you're hungry, if you went to the right place, obviously, yeah. we're all wheeling out carts full of food. Here I'm bitching because the ham is a dollar eighty-eight a pound, and this woman just wants to eat. Well, this brought out some good in you. I think you certainly had yet another option of, I'm sorry, ma'am. And shut your trunk and driven away. And in some instances, well, not at the grocery store, it's never happened, but I've done that. I, well, most of us have, I think. You say no to the panhandler. And then I kept thinking, man, thank God I didn't do that. They would have been easy to just go, nope, sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. got to go, which is my instinct usually. I think it was partly because she startled me. 
And I would have felt really terrible if I had gone home, had time to think about it, and saw that look in her face, because that look was sad. That mm-hmm. look was, I'm hungry. Can you give me some food? And that's the judgment call you make as one human to another human, seeing her face and hearing her voice. Yeah, it was just a, a, a crazy story and well, a good reminder. Oh, so it's the other reminder of I've had an experience in my family where people have been laid off. And by the time it got to be Christmas, the wife's co-workers did a collection because it was just unemployment. They hadn't lost their house. They weren't dirty and destitute, but it was hard times in that household. And again, how do you accept the kindness yeah. of others when they see it and, and give it? Uh, but that's you can feel good about being kind. And how hungry you have to be to not go to the food bank, and we have one in Menominee Falls, sure. to not go to a church, to, I'm hungry. I'm showing up at the grocery store and asking for food. It's just remarkable as I sat gluttonously eating my <laughs> Easter dinner. You know? Well, I like the fact that, that you paid it forward to somebody who actually needed it and was uh, we, we hear the stories all the time of some you know somebody in the drive through line or at Starbucks you know I'm going to pay for the person behind me and the person behind yeah. me okay that's fun that's great but yeah. everybody who's in line isn't going up to the teller saying I really need a coffee and I have no money everyone plans on paying for that and and while it's a great gesture mm-hmm. I think John this is an even better gesture for somebody who again had to swallow their pride not go to the food bank not ask for money and then go buy food, just asking directly, I'm hungry, I need yeah. food. Yeah, it's given me good perspective, that's for sure. And something handy to have in your glove compartment. When I lived in Chicago, I used to have the pamphlet of a list of places that one could go for a variety of, of help. So mm-hmm. I feel like I need that in my glove compartment again. Yeah, not a bad idea. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. A tragedy in Louisville this morning. Four people go to a bank and end up not walking out of there. They get killed inside that bank. Eight others inside that bank are injured in a mass shooting. The gunman also ends up dead inside that bank in Louisville, right in the heart of downtown. I heard this this afternoon, this morning, when I was getting in the shower, and two things happened. I immediately said a quick prayer, and then I, in the same breath, thought of Sandy. Because you're from Louisville, and you talk so lovingly about your hometown, and it's a great city that I want to spend more time in. So I wanted to ask you a couple things. I guess first is your reaction when you heard this had happened in your city where you still have many friends, and you have family, and you have deep connections. I was walking in to WTMJ, and I got the text from my boyfriend, hey, shooting in Louisville. And I said, I'm logging on right now. And I got more texts from other friends, and but I immediately welled up. Because you go through this thought process, who, what are the details? Are my friends and family safe? Like, oh no, another one, you know, it's just, I was flooded with emotion. Didn't lose it, but I just, I felt that emotion well up. Uh, And then when I saw where it is, uh, this shooting happened at an old national bank on Main Street in Louisville. And that's exactly what it sounds like. It is downtown. Some of the biggest and best attractions and businesses are on Main Street, it's just a couple blocks west of the ballpark where uh, the Louisville River Bats play, which is one of the Cincinnati Reds farm teams. It's a couple blocks away from the Yum Center where college basketball and all the big concerts play just by the second uh, street bridge there that we were talking about before. 
what else is on Main Street? The Kentucky Science Center, the Louisville Slugger Museum. Like, this really is... It's right there. Yeah, it is right there where the cotton business was. That's why it's Main Street, right there just off the river. Uh, the Ali Center is nearby. So this really is the business center and the downtown of Louisville. And to have this happen and to to then find out the details that... It, it happened in a bank. Is it a robbery? You know, you, you just you're trying to put those pieces together. And then it was a flurry. Uh, I was surprised actually how many of our uh, circle kind of connected. I reached out to my family. People are OK. But then I got other ripples of uh, one of my dearest friends works for one of the theater companies. And it's a children's theater. And the Kentucky Center for the Arts is also on Main Street. Mm-hmm. And they had matinees planned. Wow, so kids were on their way. Kid School buses were parked right outside the Kentucky Center for the Arts while the police are taping things down and locking things down. So they had to make the decision to go ahead and have the performance for the students there. It was safe there, but they called off the other performances and diverted the other school buses. Wow, so the first one that was about to occur, they kept on. Yeah. You know, it's just this... How did this affect and halt life downtown? And the other really emotional thing for me is this is... The town I grew up in, these were my teenage years. Main Street yeah. is where I had my prom dinner and was walking around taking pictures in my peach satin long gown with my high school buddies. You know, like you, you think of those times. It's like, oh, this can't happen. Were those fun memories happened? And springtime is Louisville's time. We are just weeks away from the Kentucky Derby. All the festivals are ramping up. All the events that happen outside to celebrate this historic tradition this really is Louisville's time, and I don't know how long it's going to take to heal from this mass shooting. So once you found out that your family and friends, gratefully, were okay, has it hurt your heart as the day's gone on to find out that, I mean, this is your town. This is where you created the memories that you alluded to. This is where you've hung out. This is where you grew up. And where I, re- I enjoy returning. Here's the Here was the most emotional part of the day for me when the live press conference happened. And I found myself holding my breath to hear the names of the shooter, of the victims. Do I know anyone? Is, you know, it, like, I just held my breath and I was just so relieved, as selfish as this sounds, that I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I know people lost family and friends, and I don't, I don't take away that, but it's just I hadn't experienced that so personally before because uh, I didn't grow up here in Milwaukee for as much as these things happen here. It's just a different dynamic. I feel like I'm a reporter. I'm I'm sharing that information that you need to know. I haven't had that deep emotional connection. You know, and the hard part is when this happens in a community, then you, if you're in the community, find yourself fighting to regain your reputation and to build the next headline, which is positive, mm-hmm. which is something great, because for the time being, when people think of Louisville, they will think of what happened there today. Now, a great, vibrant city like Louisville, they will overcome. They will They will soon think about the Kentucky Derby. They will soon think about uh, Layla Ali doing something great at the center in honor of her dad. Or, like, the headline will change, but it hurts when it's your city that you love in the headline for the wrong reasons. And that, I'm not romanticizing Louisville. I mean, it, it's a special place to me, but certainly just like Milwaukee has its troubles, they've been in the spotlight since 2020 with Brianna Taylor and that shooting. And yep. um, so the, the earth continues to turn, and I would like for these things to stop. <laughs> Please. Um, I, I wish I could wave a magic wand and make it stop. But as I always say when these things happen, boy, was it good to touch base with a whole lot of friends today. Hug your loved ones tighter. Always tell them you love them if you can. Don't be shy of doing that.
Well, and I'm glad everybody you know is okay. Tough day for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's 445 at WTMJ. We're going to switch gears up next. So I like to do this little thing on the show like today is like, hey, today's Nacho Cheese Day. Today's Wisconsin Day. Today's this, that, and the other thing. Today is National Siblings Day. So I want you to think about this. My brothers are my two best friends, and I'm blessed. I want you to hit us up on the talk and text line at 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. Tell me about your siblings and what makes them so special. We're going to give you the chance for a shout-out. I would love to hear about your brother, sister, stepbrother, stepsister, uh, that person that fills that role in your life. Call. We'd love to talk to you. Send us a text, 855-616-1620. What makes them so special? That's up next on WTMJ. Hey, brother. So today is National Siblings Day. I want to give you a chance to shout out your brother or your sister. What makes them so special? Let's all learn from each other about what these relationships are like and what makes it so special. Give us a call. Shoot us a text at 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. So there are three of us in my family. I'm the oldest of three boys. And my brother is a year and a half younger than me. Then the next brother is a year and a half younger than him. So growing up, it was the three of us were really close. God bless my mom. I don't know how she did it. I mean, really. <laughs> we wanted to kill each other growing up. And some days in the front yard, we almost did. Usually because my middle brother was cheating at something. But I digress. <laughs> so they're now probably my best friends. They both live in the Chicago area. And my youngest brother every year gives us, for Christmas, he takes us out to a nice dinner. We get an envelope, and he says, this is where we're going this year. And so this year, we went to Fogo de Chao, which is a Brazilian steakhouse. We went to a really fancy one down in Chicago. So I posted a picture on my Twitter and my Facebook. You can see me with my brothers hanging out on Saturday. We went down. We had the dinner. And I feel blessed, and I don't take it for granted because I know people have challenges. I know sometimes geography gets in the way for some people, and I am so blessed. And I think my mom says one of her greatest uh, successes being a mom was that my brothers and I are close. And I never really got that. I was like, yeah, whatever, Mom, until now I have two kids who fought like cats and dogs in high school, <laughs> and they are extremely close. My girls are like best friends, even though they live in New York and Texas. So now I, I totally get it. That is good. That is quite an accomplishment. You have a brother. I have a stepbrother. Mm -hmm. But we are close enough. Uh, we were friends in high school and have stayed friends all along, so I typically call him my brother, or I call him by the affectionate nickname, Freak. <laughs> so uh, usually, yeah, yeah, but uh, and it's spelled F R I E K. So it's very inside and affectionate. But um, and I enjoy my stepmother. We have a running joke that she's not the wicked stepmother, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, but so I, I was blessed to have a stepbrother and a stepmom who uh, were became part of my family. But the only thing about my stepbrother, the only thing about Freak is he's not a big phone chatter. Mm -hmm. But with the 21st century, we'll DM on Twitter or we'll text each other. That works. But yeah, so that but it. He's a really vibrant artist and creative and interesting person, so I'd rather talk to him because yeah. he's so expressive and fun. But, hey, I'll take what I can get. A lot but of we're dudes don't like to talk on the phone. No, no. Oh, that's coming. Or uh, is that just an excuse? Oh, that's coming. Oh, that's the setup yeah. for Bob. That's the okay. setup for Bob. Yeah. Um, younger brother, year and a half younger th than myself, and, and that's it, the two Brainer boys, Bob and Scott. Uh -huh. And, and I, I, we're, we don't have tension between us, but he lives in Florida. I live in Wisconsin, obviously. And and we just it's it's the distance thing that you mentioned, John. It's just you know from time to time we text. When my mom passed away about two and a half years ago, um, our bond became greater because we are it. We're the last of the Brainerds, 
And I was impressed that my brother stepped up to the plate and came to Wisconsin and helped with the arrangements and helped make you know the transitioning because that's a big deal when when you're the last in line in your family. So while we don't talk a lot and we don't get together a whole lot, there's not tension there. So that when we do, it's like there is no time that is lost. That you're you, close, even you, though you don't you, talk a lot. Right. You become brothers again, and you become close again, and then we go our separate ways. And so it, there's not animosity, which is good. Uh, let's take a phone call here. Let's work in uh, Ryan. Ryan is with us from Eden. Ryan, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. Hey, John. How you doing? I'm good, man. Good. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to my brother, uh, retired Sergeant Major Eric Jazak uh, from the United States Marine Corps. You might remember him from the Honor Flight documentary. Oh, yeah. I definitely know um, the name. So, uh, yeah. Fantastic. He's, uh, he's my hero. And... Um, we, we we never got along like you guys did when we were young, uh, but now we're tighter than ever. And uh, unfortunately, I only get to talk to him uh, every so often. He's still doing things for our country that I can't speak of, but uh, um, he, he's definitely my hero. So, Man, Ryan, great phone call. Thank great you so out. much for taking yeah. some time yeah, thanks, to, uh, to share with us. We're getting some texts in, too, which are pretty cool. Uh, this one is from the 262. I'm a brother of three wonderful sisters. We've had our ups and downs, but they certainly have always been there for me. They are some of the most perfect people ever. I'm so glad to be their brother. I love you, Grace, Maddie, and Elise. From Sam, who's 14 years old. I just sent that text. Great text, yeah. Amazing. From 414, seven siblings. We all give each other lots of grace. That's a big family. Uh, This is from Alan Richfield. I'm an only child. I was pretty awesome at keeping myself company, though. <laughs> She's probably got imaginary siblings. Is there a shout-out you want to give to your sibling on this National Siblings Day? Join us. 855-616-1620 is the talk and text line. 855-616-1620. So when my twin girls were growing up and they would argue, I would say to them sometimes, you know, knock it off. You're Someday you're going to be the only two that are left. Mom and I are not going to be here. Right. It's going to be you. You need to... And my one daughter especially would cringe. She would that would like traumatize her. Don't 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 talk about that. What do you mean you're dead? So, well, not tomorrow, but it's going to be you guys against the world. Yeah, that would have. <laughs> yeah, she didn't like that either. Did at w- all. when your twins argued? Was it like an argument in stereo because their voices are similar and this sometimes and they would argue and finish each other's sentences while they were arguing. <laughs> That's awesome. Which was really, really That's interesting. Awesome. But now that you tell me they're twins and they have the same shoe size, yeah. I, I think they could have shared like sweaters and dresses. Like, exactly. I, I, this is my fantasy. Like, oh, I could have. This was a great Double thing for wardrobe. me in, in college yeah. where I met yeah. girls on the floor who had the same size. I'm like, oh, can I borrow that? Oh. Yeah. 